Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Greg Wyshynski of Yahoo Sports Puck Daddy Vlog. You can find me at Wyshynski on Twitter. You can listen to my podcast, Puck Soup, on the Nerdist Network. And Superman is so hot. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Uh, today, I wasn't expecting that at all. <laughs> on Man of Steel, we're talking about minute number 130, and the minute starts with Kal-El saying, <laughs> or no, Swanwick saying, that that's a $12 million piece of hardware. Mm-hmm. And then the minute ends with Carol Ferris saying, I just think he's kind of hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know it. Let me, let me just jump right in here and skip ahead. <laughs> I know I don't usually do this, but I this is why I don't have a problem with This is why I have a problem with that bit um it's like i don't know like when you think of like the the bechdel test of like oh like oh woman's what the bechdel test it's like the bechdel test is is you can judge a movie right by how many convert was it conversations between two women that don't involve uh, them talking about a man yeah it's like yeah uh it's like three rules one it has to have a woman uh, with a name, or that talks to another woman, and they don't talk about dudes. Because if you do, like, <laughs> Transformers films do that. They fail the Bechdel mean? test. You can't stop, like, oh, he's hot, like, this guy's, like, can you... Well, I think Transform- one of... Uh, Transformers films spectacularly fail the Bechdel test, because not only do they not have two women uh, having a conversation that doesn't involve talk- them talking about a man, they also have a male character walking around with these statutory rape rules for his state and his wallet in, in, the, in the fourth Transformers movie. I just... I, I, I can't. I don't know. I, I, I fell asleep watching the fourth Transformers movie and still have yet to go back to it. I love Transformers. Eh. The movies are just... Eh. But anyway, no, yeah. I didn't. This is news to me. Yeah. What? Yeah. So like a, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was the guy that was dating Mark Wahlberg's daughter had like the laws for the state because like she was sort of underage oh my god oh it's true it's one of the most atrocious things i've ever seen in a film uh and i've seen all the transformers films so there's a lot of atrocious yeah that's really weird i i have seen that movie but i don't even remember that part it's awful well, you um, have to really you have to really be on michael bay's wavelength to really understand the nuances of humor of a character carrying around the statutory rape rules for his state in his wallet. Yeah, because that has comedy written all over it. Oh, <laughs> it's comedy gold, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so, yeah, like Alien, the, that's a film that passes passes the, the Bechdel test because you you don't get that as a clear example yeah. of, of succeeding the Bechdel test. Um, here, though, this... This, this is not two women, though. Can but, it still be one singular woman talking about another man? But it's like you're, the only thing you're going to say in this film is that oh, he's kind of hot. Like, does that does it fail the test? No, this isn't the only thing. She she got a very educational lesson on terraforming. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. this is her purpose in this movie. That is, um, that is by far. I know that's not my minute, but I will say again. Like, I love this movie. I really do. There are some missteps. One of them is definitely the incredible knowledge of Kryptonian atmosphere 
Yeah. That uh, dude from the West Wing seems to have in this place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude from the Lost World. Um, yeah. yeah you're right. Cake Boss Ralph also had some some qualms about that that terraforming nonsense. It's terraforming and um, he just knows how to fix a broken hyperdrive space hyperdrive, baby Hyperdrive, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just. Yeah, good yeah, on, good on knew- Toby from the West Wing to have this incredible yeah. knowledge of alien alien technology and uh, alien atmosphere. Truly an asset to this film. That's what should have <laughs> happened. Emil Hamilton should have been the new challenger, and he would have been like half Emil Hamilton, half robot, uh, half plane, half uh, Black Zero ship, and like just showed up. Boom! Yeah, like pro- <laughs> there. Professor, Professor Exposition, tell us what is happening right now with this world engine. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, that's him. Uh, my only defense for what Carol Ferris says is maybe after, you know, this is just at the very end of this film, so maybe it's okay at this point to to have a, a line. Is this like the nail in the coffin? This is it. What are you talking? No, not nail in the coffin. I'm just saying, like, you know, like we've went the whole film without kind of being like, oh, he's high, he's dreamy, like it's like, all right, now you can say it, like. No, legitimately, there's, there's one defense for this scene, which is the reaction from Swanwick after she says it. Where yeah. he just kind of like nods his head and goes, yep, you're yeah. right. Can't argue there. Yeah, I, absolutely. <laughs> he's, he's in agreement. He's like, yeah, this is a damn good looking individual. And he's an alien? <laughs> what? <laughs> Aliens can look that good? Yeah, without question, that is, that is the justification for that scene. I mean, look how yep. the Pharaoh looks. Do all Kryptonians look good? Yeah. Yeah. Michael Shannon looks good. They all got Kara their- is usually a pretty decent looking character in in iterations as well. Well, not uh, Jax Ur because that dude looks like a vampire. He does. Oh, look cre- like those creepy crowds, bald yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, creepy bald guy is not. I mean, I don't want to judge. I'm, I'm no Adonis myself, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's not a, a picture of beauty. I would say. Yeah, Lara, babe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Feyre, babe. Russell Crowe. What's the other? Um, What's the other Kryptonian? She's an Amazon now. Oh, Carvex. Yeah, Carvex. She, she was in Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah. God, her and Wonder Woman. Babe. I'm telling you. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe's a babe. Yeah, he That's, is a babe. Yes. It's a ten out of ten babe. It's true. <laughs> Damn right. I, li- uh, I, li- I live. I live in Chelsea in Manhattan. I can tell you right now, he would not suffer for suitors right here. Mm. <laughs> that, that is for sure. I'm, I'm sure Jaxer is is handsome in parts of Romania or something. Beauty is in the eye. <laughs> Jesus, that was good. That was good. Uh, it's in the eye of the beholder, Mark. Yeah. So if yeah. you like vampires, <laughs> yeah, if you're into Nosferatu. Um, yeah. Luke Evans played Dracula though, and Luke Evans is a pretty. He's a that's a good looking dude. Yeah. Oh, I mean, anybody who qualifies for Gaston has to be a good looking dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What else was he in? He was in uh, The Hobbit. Um, he's in a lot of other things. Yeah, he's, he's an actor. It's what they do. Uh, this. <laughs> uh, I, I wrote down that this uh, this minute is very comic booky. It's a very comic booky minute. It's a very uh, campy. Campy, sure. I guess you could use that word. Uh, but it just is. It just it, this like diffuses the tension of all the past forty minutes. You know, like. 40 minutes of straight action. There's no music in this minute either. Nope. No action. Yeah. Or no music. No action either. Yeah, uh, this, 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 this movie could have used jokes. It could have used a little bit. I mean, ah. I mean, listen, based, based on what we've seen from Zack Snyder in, 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 in this film and in Dawn of Justice, jokes aren't exactly 
uh, at the forefront. Right? No. I feel no, like yeah. this is a nice little bit of levity. I feel like this is a, a thing that probably should have been done more before the final minute of the film, the, the jokes part. I think when when you say that uh, going with this sort of what did we call it hyperrealism mm-hmm. uh, hyperrealistic uh, world universe that we're getting in this comic book, and then someone says like, "Hey, it needs joke." I think that's where Suicide Squad comes in, and then that's also a flaw. But there's a way to do it, though. Like there's a way. Yeah, to no, there definitely is more humor into this film than there was without it being Joel Kinnaman's exposition about a sword that steals your soul like i mean there's a there's a there's a way to 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 have done it and like it's funny because um you know one of the scenes that they put in all the trailers was that that the interrogation scene between lois and and uh and superman with Mm -hmm. the what does the s stand for thing and like i was like wow why did they put that in the trailer and then i realized when i saw the film it's because it's literally one of only four funny things that happens in man of steel (laughs) and so I think we could have maybe used a little bit more humor in the film. And this was a nice touch, but it happened way too late. Yeah, like, one of the characters in this film, um, in the next film, becomes kind of like that person to to, um, to kind of tell jokes, or, or the comedic person, and that is Perry White. In oh, this yeah. film, he's okay. not... He's more of, like, the voice of reason in this film. He's like that guy who's like... Lois, what you're doing has consequences, and like to to introduce like an alien existence in yeah. our world, like how would we react? But in the next film, he's like, he is the tension breaker. He is that guy to come in, and and he really kind of lifts the spirits the whole movie. Like whenever right. Perry White's on screen, he's like, everything he says is 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 a joke, um, right. not a joke, but like which, it, it, we need that kind of character. Yeah, which which helps balance the equation for the uh, comedic black hole that is Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> hmm. I, I don't think I've ever heard him been described as that. As a black well, hole? I, no, as a I, black I, hole? I, I would, <laughs> no, I, would, I wouldn't say he's a comedic black hole in life. Like, I think he's, like, he's perfectly funny in, like, the social network and stuff, but, like, <laughs> the, 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 the concept of Lex Luthor in this film was, in that film, was supposed to be sort of, like, uh, Heath Ledger Joker-esque as far as the, the yeah. wellspring of comedy from, from Menace and and it wasn't funny. It was bad. Hmm. Hmm. But luckily we had we had we had Perry White to yeah. w- lift up our spirits. Yeah. I mm, I'll save it for the next film, but always, <laughs> I always felt like I always felt like uh Lex Luthor's or Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor is very uh the Riddler ish. I always got the kind of vibe from him. I uh, felt like that could have been the character you could play, but I'll, I'll say that for the next film. Um, damn, I have a lot of notes in here. I don't Do even you really? know why I wrote so much. Uh, let's see. Well, I mean, most of them were about the character you thought was going to show up at this point, right? And so this God, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. got concept drawing of him. It was like, he's got, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really cool. There's a robot arm. <laughs> Superman fall like, drops to the earth. He's like, "What the? F- where the yeah. fuck's nuclear man? Yeah. I thought this is yeah. something where we we're going to yeah. introduce him into the DCU." Mm, yeah, the ah. super super Soviet commando, and he has a hammer super and sickle. Soviet yeah, this is this guy that came in now. Well, you know, <laughs> in, in all honesty, like there is precedent for that. If you remember the end of the Incredibles, that's when. The uh, oh the, yeah the, the, the underminer shows up so that they, yeah. there is precedent in great superhero movies for a supervillain to show up in the final minute of the film. 
It's true. You ain't wrong. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Batman Begins. Oh. Batman Begins. Joker Who's... card. That's oh, right, yeah, Joker okay. card. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, I wrote here that um, I, I kind of had a question. It was like, because what Superman's trying to do in this minute for Swanwick is, is to kind of level playing field of trust yeah. almost like hey you're not gonna find out where i hang, hang my cape you know he says that line but it's like i want you to trust me i'm going to trust you and that's kind of how i need you to tell the folks at washington to do the same thing and amy kind of question is swanwick kind of like the liaison for superman when it comes to the government now yeah i will say i don't know like what is is do they have a like kind of like a I don't know official then you bond. Add, I don't know because then you kind of throw in like if mm, the term liaison kind of has other meanings, especially when you think back to DC Comics. Because then like you would add in like Maxwell Lord, who was you know the League's liaison at one point, and you know you could have characters like uh, well, Amanda Waller as well. I wrote like, like is Swanwick. Kal-El, Steve Trevor. Rick Flagg, Steve Trevor, those kind of thing. Um, is he, like, reporting for him? Like, is he... Yeah, I think, but I don't I don't think that um, Swanwick is more of... I don't think he's a liaison to Cal. Uh, he's I think not a he's liaison. Just, I, I think it's yeah. the opposite. I think he's he's a, a monitor. I think yeah, he's I think he's like, the guy that puts he, out the fires. Yeah. I think I think it's clear that they're. I mean, oh, based on what mission. we know from the, the next film, that like they're wary of what he does and they're wary yeah. of how things went down, and and they just want to you know make sure that uh, they got eyes on him. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. But no liaison. No. Okay. You give me Maxwell Lord. I'll. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Every day. Every cool. day. Yeah. Um. Greg, can you tell us about the first time you saw Man of Steel? I saw Man of Steel. At the uh, Cinema and Draft House in, I'm gonna, I think it was probably Ashburn, Virginia. It was back when I was living in uh, in Alexandria, or, or around those parts. And um, and I'll freely admit that the impact of this film was probably enhanced by the ready availability of beer and fried pickles, which always Damn. helps. Um, oh, they're damn good at the at the draft house. I I just I just kind of connected with it. Like like I said uh, on a previous episode, like you know there there are a few boxes that that I needed to have ticked for me to really enjoy a Superman film. Mm-hmm. Some shit I've never seen before. Uh, weird Kryptonian stuff, and I really dug everything in the beginning of the movie. Um, I wanted to see him punch a, punch something bigger than him, whether it be a giant robot or some other villain, and that happened in the, in the movie. And and I just I just really liked. The take on the character, and I, and I really felt that, although it, it could have been a better film and a, and a deeper film, and I, I didn't necessarily dig a lot of the dialogue in it, um, I thought Zack Snyder nailed the look of it for the most part, and um, and I really connected with what we've been talking about here, which is the the idea of a Superman who's not a fully realized Superman. He's not a Boy Scout. He's not he's not the guy that we've all come to rely on to be the hero. He's just kind of still figuring it out, and I respected that. So I, cool. I, 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 I dug it pretty good. But not so much the other ones. When, like, you say the, uh, when you say the other ones, what do you mean? 
Like, what are your thoughts on Donna Justice, Suicide Squad, well, and also Wonder Woman? I so in in full disclosure, I've not seen Wonder Woman yet because it came out at a time when I was uh, uh, traveling and working for the the NHL playoffs, mm-hmm. and I, yeah. told, I told my I told my wife I'd, I'd you know save it for her, and so we haven't gotten a chance to see it yet. So I'm excited for it. Uh, Donna Justice is a giant misstep. It's so unbalanced. It's one of those flicks that you see that you're just like, if if I could get my hands on this, and and, and in the in the script form, and just move some things around and make some different decisions, it could have been really great. Because honestly, like the source material you're working with, like the Dark Knight Return stuff, like there's a lot there that could work. And I just felt that um, it was a big slog. It, 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 it lacked any humor or, or lightness. And, and, it, and it wound up being a movie that I felt was really imbalanced because it was very clear that Zack Snyder was much more interested in the Affleck Batman than he was in, in Superman at this point. And then Suicide Squad was one of the single worst experiences I've ever had watching a superhero film. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, 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 is, it is one of those... It's a flick that is only redeemable because of the personalities that are involved in it. By that, I mean mm-hmm. Will Smith, Margot Robbie, and uh, uh, who, uh, what's her face who played Amanda Waller uh, in Space yeah. right now? Viola Davis. Yeah, yeah. yeah Viola Davis. Like, like those, those three are imminently watchable. But, I mean, it is... I don't know. I I know David Ayer has been a good soldier and stuff and talking about how this was his film and everything else, but it was just sliced to death. And you could... And 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 I'm I'm guessing, like, from all the stories that have come out, it was sliced to death after the trailer came out, which was fun and the Queen music and the whole thing. And then they realized what they had, and they're like, oh, shit, people are going to see this movie and realize it's nothing like the trailer. Uh, and so they recut it, and and it just it's just terrible. Like like as 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 has been pointed out by numerous people uh, uh, over the, the last year, they introduced the characters in, on three separate occasions, and that's how bad the editing it is in this movie. It sucks. Oh yeah, I mean that oh, and, that and and, and, and and I haven't even touched on Jared Leto's Instagram gangster version of the Joker, which is just. <laughs> atrocious like there should be no incarnation of a batman villain where you literally are hoping that character doesn't appear on screen again like the whole point of the rogues gallery is that they enliven a a, a batman film and in suicide squad i was like i don't want to see this guy again he's he's it's a terrible incarnation of the character and uh and that should never be the case with a slam dunk character like the joker (laughs) <laughs> yeah absolutely um so i would you say you're like a a man of steel purist i feel like that would be like a, a, a concept that sounds i th- i think at this point I'm, <laughs> I, I, I think at this point like i'm a man of steel apologist because i feel I, listen i think that man of steel was redeemed because of how poorly received the subsequent films were I think people went back and looked at Man of Steel and said, oh, wow, that's a really cohesive uh, vision and, uh, and, and a noble attempt at, a, at a, an actual film versus a product. And so I feel, like, I feel like at one point maybe I was a Man of Steel apologist, but I think that it's actually been redeemed partially because of the reception to the other films. 
Um, but I, I genuinely like it. I, I think it's a better movie than, than Superman Returns, which felt very calculated and safe. And I feel like this movie takes some chances. And, uh, and, and I really would have been interested to see a sequel to this film before they made the leap to a Batman v Superman concept. Like, I feel yeah. like there's a lot more. Like, I, I totally would have been down with seeing uh, a Brainiac film or, or, or anything of that nature before they, they made that leap. And, um, and I'm hoping, you know, one of the boxes that's not been ticked for me is a Brainiac uh, film. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm hoping at some point, maybe, you know, if, if Justice League uh, succeeds, then they get there. But, uh, but um, apparently we're going to have to wait for, like, three films because they're going to go Steppenwolf, then probably Darkseid, then probably something else, which yeah. I don't necessarily agree with, but, but, but such is life. So, yeah, My- I, I, dig, I dig Man of Steel. And, I, and as I said in an earlier episode, too, I dig, I dig the look of it, and I sure as hell dig the, the sound of it. I, the, 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 the Zimmer score on this film is far and beyond anything I ever imagined it could be for a Superman film, being that the John Williams score from the Reeves, the Reeves films were so, it was so iconic. Yeah, I think, if not Brainiac, uh, a villain that I would like to see Man of Steel face is, uh, is Lobo, because I feel like that's such a crazy bounty hunter, space bounty hunter character to throw at Superman that yeah. like comes onto Earth and is like, I want that Kryptonian. And it's like, then I feel like that would be a cool, fun movie to introduce Superman and also space. Uh, and then you don't have such a big character as Brainiac who is borderline a Justice League villain like he's that powerful that you kind of need the whole league yeah he would be the character that I could see showing up at the end of the movie yeah right um it's funny about Lobo because it it, both both Superman and Spider-Man have that sort of like I mean in in the case of Lobo Craven yeah and in the case of Spider-Man it's Craven and I always thought in both cases like that's a perfect like self-contained singular film concept yeah. Is the 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 person on 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 the hero's tail trying to apprehend him, catch him, whatever, what have you? And I'm surprised that neither of those franchises ever tried to do that. Uh, Darth Maul, same kind of thing. Darth Maul was one of the most popular characters out of you know the bad guys in Star Wars, and he was. But most Boba of the Fett. movie, he was like, yeah, Boba Fett as yeah, well. If Jango you want to add that too, so it's but. On their tail. I kind of yeah. yeah 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 so. You're you're right. There is no need to to add in, you know, where because what those comes characters from, do, what his previous experience was, whatever, what his motive is, whatever. He's a bounty hunter. He's after yeah. the hero. So yeah, and what I what I think works with those type of characters is what they do is they take your protagonist and they take him out of their element. They're exactly. Like, and they're like, I'm gonna take yeah. your ho- like you out of what your comfort is. It's like a surprise. Put you in a new environment. Bam. And it can get as weird as it wants yeah. because. The villain is so weird that yeah. it, like or out there that it 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 calls for that and like you're kind of and, okay with it as an audience. Yeah. And what and what a great motivation too. Like like in a, in a world where we are uh, the giant hole in the sky opening up and and monsters coming out of it has become the ultimate superhero cliche. Like to have something that is simple in concept as I want a trophy or I'm trying to fulfill a bounty is is a is a perfect way to kind of swerve away from the the we have to defeat this thing before he blows up the world kind of kind of uh, uh, thing that happens in all these movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it steps away from like the the apocalyptic villain thing. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, I think Man is still I guess 
it works for more people than the rest of them do because it's self-contained and Wonder Woman is the same exact way it's a, it's a film that you can watch and there is really no I mean there are easter eggs obviously but there's no body saying like hey I'm here to start the Avengers or hey like yeah. this is like we're leading up to, to forming a, a league or a team or like yeah. there's none of that yeah. there's no there's, like you're right. not it's like uh, there was no mother boxes or anything like that yeah. in either of these movies. There was no other outside connecting greater universe other than yeah. Easter eggs. So I, I think th- they're I, the biggest. The biggest complaint, or the the reason why I think that Man of Steel didn't connect with as many people as it should have, is because there's a very singular vision as to who who Superman should be. Batman's yeah. have different different incarnations. You can get. A, I think. I think there's more range to that character. We can get away with more stuff. Yeah, and, most definitely. Uh, yeah, and, and I think Superman has been very narrowly defined by the Reeves films, and and the comics as being one thing. And if yeah. you're not that one thing, then then the movie is a failure. And, you, and we had you literally had people like looking at this film and saying it's it's not a a true representation of the character and. That's nonsense. Like, it's a character. Yeah. You could take it in any number of different directions and define exactly. it in any, any number of different ways. And the idea that the, you know, the origin story is not what it should have been. And, and, and you know, Pa Kent not doing things that he should have done. Like, it's okay to tell the story in, in different ways. And I, and I really appreciated the fact that it attempted to. Was it always successful? No. I mean, for God's sakes, he committed suicide in a tornado. Um, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but, but, but overall... I, I thought it was a really interesting interpretation of the story, and and ultimately I thought it was a successful one, you know, e- even with its inherent flaws, as uh, yeah. you know, uh, dialogue and like we talked about, maybe maybe have a fifth joke. <laughs> fifth joke, <laughs> it's true. Um, I think Superman is like that perfect character that you can either have him as extremely static or extremely mm-hmm. dynamic. Like and it's not in not in film no film you can't it's one or the other in book wise when you're that's why I'm saying I've, I said it before it's easy as shit to write uh, a, 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 for, a formula for a Batman oh, story yeah, yeah, yeah. for a Superman story that's one of the most hardest things to do because it's like well what hasn't been done and also what should I do with this character and how right. far can I push the boundary exactly how yeah. far can I take this character from what everybody has already built up into his mind and that's a shame and I, I haven't i haven't read the landis books like I, I i don't know if they've been collected yet or not but like i've i've been very intrigued by the american alien concept oh dude it's one of my favorite uh superman yeah. stories i, I have it sitting I'm, in front of me yeah I'm, I'm pumped to read that and uh and yeah there's there's a lot of ways you can explore it i i do agree with the idea that you know there there are some directions you could take the character that don't like we talked about the Nick Cage movie, like the idea of making him the outsider weirdo is is a bit much. I mean, I think there should be some of that in the character, but to take it to the extremes might be too much. Um, but you know, there there are different ways that you can interpret the character, and and uh, I feel like this movie just got a bad a bad rap because it was being judged against the Reeves films and it was being judged against Superman Returns, which is an extension yeah. of the Reeves films. And it's, it's okay. To, yeah. It's okay to do something different with it. And, and, and I think the real crime of Batman versus Superman, like I said before, is that it completely dropped the ball on, on this character. It is not a Superman movie whatsoever. There is no growth to that character necessarily. Uh, it, 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 it uses him as a tool 
uh, and a function of the plot. And, uh, and it shouldn't have been that way. Like, there's all these things happening around that character, the Senate hearing and Batman's reaction and Lex's machinations and all this other shit that's happening. And at no point do we ever slow down and really understand how he feels about it or what the deal is. And, and, and it, it sort of ro- it robs the character of agency. So when we do get down to the nitty gritty of him feeling as though he has to kill Batman for this explicit purpose to save his mother and then at the end you know pays the ultimate price it it doesn't resonate the way it should and if it had been a superman movie with batman in it it probably would have resonated but it wound up being a batman movie where superman was just a function of the plot and that's why the whole thing felt really hollow and unearned fair enough there's one Um, there's only one scene where you actually feel like you're getting a little bit of intimacy with him and that's that bathtub scene with with uh, yeah. with Lois like way early in the movie, and then that's it. And then the rest of it is just kind of like Superman becomes, you know, like I said, a, a function of everybody else's narrative. And and that really pissed me off because I felt like Man of Steel laid some interesting groundwork for him to grow. And and they and and, and Batman versus Superman just decided to ignore 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 the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know. Um, we don't agree with all that. Uh, no, but, but I would actually very much like to hear a week of all that yeah. when we tackle it. <laughs> I'm I'm not even joking. I want to hear more of of the negative side of what people think of that movie. So yeah, if you want to, time of comes da- of, of, da- of Dawn of Justice. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh yeah, oh, we're. Man. I'm a huge I, fan of that movie, so I want to hear all these oh other people saying why it's I, why they didn't like it. I I will listen. I will listen to every episode twice to hear someone offer a full-throated defense of a movie that I think is inherently flawed. Oh, man. Then buckle in. Because <laughs> we're, we're doing it. That's, that's the next film. That's it. That's our next project. I'll, I'll, def- <laughs> I'll definitely come back for that fun. You boys, you boys talked about the, the, the idea of like what Superman stories I'd want to see before we uh, embarked on this, uh, this week. And, yeah, that is... Uh, I was noodling through it a little bit, and I, I, there's, like, two that I would come up with. I mean, obviously, everybody's going to say All-Star Superman. Uh-huh. Um, the animated film, I thought, was pretty good. I think it might be one of those deals where if they were ever going to do it, I would have to see it as, like, an HBO series. Like, a, a, a short HBO run of All-Star Superman would be really fascinating to me because there are a lot of sidebars to it. You know, yeah. so like Lois getting powers is one episode, and yeah, and, and every, was, you know, like I, I, th- I think there's a Samson. way to do it. Yeah, that, right, exactly. The Samson. Yeah. yeah, I think I think there that would probably be the way I'd want to see that presented. And then the other one, just because it had such an impact on me as a as a as a comic fan, would be would be amazing to see uh, Kingdom Come. I knew you were going to say that. Oh, <laughs> but uh, like only because like it was such a. Like it, it was so far ahead of its time as far as as far yeah. as being this sort of like reinvention of these heroes and and, uh, and 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 inserting them into all these morally conflicted places. It was so damn good. But but again, like that's that's also a property that 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 works because it's the culmination of everything else that came before it. And I don't know if you could ever do it as a film just because of because of that. You know. You, 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 the way that these worlds are built now is like you, like the Avengers. Like you lay the groundwork with all these other films, and you get the Avengers, and and now all these characters are rich because you've seen them cinematically. And and Kingdom Come, you're dealing with such a large swath of characters that you'd have to set up somehow, or or assume that the audience has 
uh, an inherent knowledge of them before coming into the movie that like I don't know yeah. if you could ever do it. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's a film that or I don't think that's something that can easily translate into a 2 hour plus film. Right. To just No, but they definitely need to make an animated feature of Kingdom Come. It's got I, I think it's what they just had I think last year was like its 25th anniversary or something like that. I think it would yeah. uh, I they th- need to. They need to do something with that because that's. I mean, that's that's where injustice kind of sprouted from. It, it should have been. Dystopian um, you know, how, like the Justice League animated show. You could do a whole season of Kingdom Come and like uh, continuously grow. Yeah, you. Yeah, because there's man, there's some side stories to Kingdom Come that like show like the future of like other heroes and stuff. That's just exactly. Like, whoa, that's, that's why. It's just, that's oh, awesome. great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Side, need sidebar. It. Sidebar. By the way, I'm. I'm. I was a huge Justice League Unlimited fan. Yeah. And uh, and also, you know, Justice League, but well before that. And I I kind of I'm kind of kind of disappointed that they didn't find a way to get Hawkgirl involved in the live action Justice League. Like I find that to be a really interesting character. And I, and I guess like the problem is that you didn't have to set up the whole empire and and you know her being conflicted about being on Earth and, you know, all this other yeah. stuff. So, like, but I, I always found it to be a real, her to be a really fascinating character and I, th- I felt like since it's, you know, a bit of a sausage party right now <laughs> the Justice League, yeah. that, like, it'd be, it'd be interesting to get her involved at some point. Yeah, I think, uh, I think there's still a chance because uh, for better or uh, although the opinions about Suicide Squad, it did introduce magic. It, it, it introduced things like Enchantress and, like, relics that can make you Superpowered human being, um, but then we also have films in the works like uh, The Rock and the Black Adam, Shazam, yeah. those kind of things, and and to introduce kind of like Egyptian mythology in this world that also has Greek mythology and Kryptonian mythology. Like, there's a chance for Hawk Girl to easily just, and I would I, I would buy into it, like because it's just like, oh yeah, it makes sense because everything else here has to make sense, so she can fit in. Yeah, I like to see her. Yeah. Um. Cool. Do you guys have any, you have any more questions or uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up the week? No. <laughs> no. No. Great. I just want to I want to thank you guys for having me on. I I, uh, I I I find this movie to be really interesting. Uh, I'm I'm happy that uh, there's been a minute by minute dissection of it, and uh, I'll definitely be back for uh, the other two that you're inevitably going to do. I guess. Yeah. And then Wonder Woman. (laughs) A special. Oh man! If if I'm gonna now, I'm gonna be a. I'm fascinated by the idea of 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 defending that film, and b. I'm gonna have to find the perfect minute for me to come on and talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) What is what is what is the nadir for me in Batman versus Superman? Uh, And by the way, I fully I fully expect there to be someone much more famous than me handling the Martha scene. Even, uh, even, though, even, even, even though, in full disclosure, I love that scene, and I don't think it's as bad as anybody makes it out to be. It's that scene is just like the scene you covered on Wednesday. So when it comes to controversial, since you already did this one, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'll jot it down. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you for joining us. Yeah, uh, it was with pleasure. I can't believe that we got to sit down with you and talk about Man of Steel. It was an absolute blast. Thanks. Um, and th- honor. When you told Pete the Retailer about your love for Man of Steel, did he roll his eyes or anything? Of course <laughs> he did. Pete the Retailer at com was not as enamored with this film as I was. Um, 
But, uh, boy, and I just realized it, that, I, I don't know if you know this, but I, when I did R- R- Return of the Jedi, I covered an Ewok dying. And when I did yeah. Phantom Menace, I did Qui-Gon dying. And when I did Attack of the Clones, oh, I did... Oh, no. What? No, I, we're, I see where you see where you're going. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah, I did. I did one of the monsters dying in the in the arena scene. I don't think I did Django dying or uh, uh, Django dying, but here I did another death. So I don't know. I, don't, oh I, I guess I, I guess you'll have to bring me back for. I mean, is there a death in, in Batman vs Superman? I don't want to spoil the movie for. Oh, anybody. there's a there's a there's a death. All right. Yeah, there's a death. No, but it was it was great, and and I and I love that you guys are doing these films, and and I'd be happy to come back, and it was a super pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, every time I I bring up your name, I always say, yeah, he used to have the longest minute on Star Wars Minute, and then he also talked about an Ewok dying. That's the only way yeah. I ever bring up your name. <laughs> it was the greatest. That was the best. I I, I enjoyed it so much, but. Uh... Yeah, I had the longest minute for the long... They, they, they weren't prepared. They weren't prepared for that. They weren't prepared for <laughs> an hour and 40 minutes, like a minute podcast of of me just talking about the films and, and what have you. And there you go. And there you go. And there awesome. you go. All righty, guys. We're going to go ahead and wrap up for the week. If you love everything you heard, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And we love reading those out over the podcast. Um, for all those who've been leaving us five-star reviews but haven't been leaving actual reviews for us to read out. Type something out. Come on. Just even if it's like your shoe size. I was going to say thank you for leaving us a five-star review because you're a great person. Thank you, Nate. Um, <laughs> go, the, go, the extra, go the extra effort. Just type a sentence. You guys are the unsung heroes. Um, thank but you, thank you, you for all, all those five-year star reviews. <laughs> Fuck you. Where are your words? <laughs> <laughs> Say it with your chest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can also find us on uh, DC uh, EU Minute on all social media, tooldmedia.com. You can also join our Facebook Listener Society, DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. It's that simple. Uh, and we'll catch you guys next week here on DC Cinematic Minute.